Hey, welcome to Horizon. Horizon is an adult ministry of 1910 Church, and we are a ministry of young adults in the Bernie San Antonio area. My name is Danny Phillips. I'm the Next Gen Pastor, and along with me today is Kate and Ezra, and we're so excited mm, that so they're with us. They're actually excited. just making fun of me, so I, I, I intentionally am a little anticlimactic because they were just making fun of me. So here, here's a quick uh, sample of what that looked like. Hey, Horizon. <laughs> it is. This is Horizon this Podcast. This is the Horizon <laughs> Podcast. Horizon is a group of young adults, young adults. in the Bernie San Antonio area. <laughs> I'm joined here with the, you know, with uh, uh, Kate. <laughs> And Ezra Gera. 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 Yeah, you Mike. So that that's super that was some fun. Quality content right it there. It was Ooh, so not, good. So uh, good. Yeah, it's a it's mockery. It's mockery. It's not mockery. Imitation is the sin- most sincerest form of flattery. flattery. It is. Uh, yeah, we were we were so that's what Dwight inspired says. by how you introduced mm. this podcast week after week. This that, is our. F- uh, you just <laughs> shut me up. <laughs> yeah, you did. Really this did. is our season finale. <laughs> season finale. We promise it won't look like it's going to be good. Yeah, it's already good. I feel like we could stop right now and it would be mic drop. Yeah, mm. this has been a really good process to walk through the book of acts and kind of converse and explore the text yeah yeah this has been probably the one of the most fun parts of the whole experience is sitting around the table (laughs) with with you guys would you would you would you say that danny would you say this experience for you has been joyful absolutely absolutely i i've i've loved uh getting to just bounce back and forth and we we really it's it's us getting to have a conversation in real time as Mm -hmm. to what we're seeing in the text as we've, we've kind of looked at it and then just get to stir the pot a little bit in regards to conversation, ask the hard questions. And for me personally, it, it continues to unearth some mm-hmm. things. Um, and so I, I'll ask you guys your kind of final reflections as we near the end, but mm-hmm. we are, we're covering Acts 27 and 28. It's the last two chapters of Acts today. So emotional. And, and just to kind of set the scene for us, uh, Paul is on his way to Rome. He spent time with Felix and Festus. Those are not brothers. Uh, they are governors in Judea. Um, they're, they are of the Roman uh, tradition. And he spent time with King Agrippa as well. Uh, and so they, they don't see fault in him, but treat him more. This was kind of the picture I had. They, they treat him more as a lion in a circus. And they play towards the political uh, entities of Jewish leadership. And so the, the, the interesting thing for me in regards to this, uh, this political connection is that uh, King Agrippa is around when Jerusalem finally, finally falls in 70 AD because of the Jewish revolt against Rome. And so this, this desire for protection for themselves actually ends up in the destruction of the Jewish temple. And, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a gnarly deal. It's written about in, uh, in the history books. So uh, he, where we're heading today is this long journey towards Rome. 
So it's a slow, slow process. Paul is given a prophetic word, uh, gives a prophetic word to just the dangerous, perilous journey that they're about to face, but the guard doesn't pay attention. So he tells him, hey, this is not going to end well. We should probably wait. The guard says, uh, you're a dumb prisoner. We're not going to listen to you. Let's keep going. So they do face a, it's a, it's a slight breeze called a nor'easter. Uh, they lose control of navigation. They toss cargo. They lose all hope. Um, but, but even in the middle of that, God is faithful to protect mm-hmm. and guard, uh, and save life. So Ezra's going to read, uh, Acts 27, 21 through 25, and we'll, we'll chat a little bit through that. Yeah. So verse 21 starts off with, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So, yeah, what, what's that scene like? What is that? It's a little bit of a, I told you so, yeah. but mm. let me go ahead. I'm going to tell you about my great God in the middle of this. And just so you know, on the tail end of this thing, when it, when it comes back around to we're all safe and we're okay, that you'll know when that happens that it was my God yes. who sustained us and guarded us, mm-hmm. right? I love how... Um, it's kind of funny. I see this comparison between um, what the Lord told Ananias in chapter nine. I keep coming back to that because I think it's just a very interesting. It's kind of a prophecy, I guess, that like Saul's life and his process as Paul will include suffering. Mm-hmm. But the Lord reminds Paul, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand beside you. You know, like, you're, you're, there's going to be a there's going to be a purpose to all of this. Right. And I like the comparison between that and then Paul delivering that same message, a similar message sure. to these people on the ship where it's like, Hey, we're, we're going to run aground. Right. We're it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. I like how he says the last verse. I love it. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some Island. Like right. you're gonna, we're going to go through some crap right, right now. And like, that's okay because I guarantee you we're going to end up safely on the shore. Um, whether it's the way that we looked like, I mean, like he, he says like, like, like not one life will be lost. That doesn't mean that you're not going to take some damage. Right. Right. But it just means that you're not going to lose everything. I just love that. That interesting, like parallel between like what the Lord told Ananias, who then told Saul or right. what the Lord told Saul. Right. And then what Saul is telling the people. Right. It's just kind of like a nice, it's like, I, I guess I, I, I kind of told you guys earlier this, this, these last couple chapters are giving me like season finale vibes. And right. so it just feels right. like a nice, like little story arc. A little it's like, bridge. Oh, hey, it's a For sure. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. A callback? Yeah, that's what we call in the business. It's like when you do or say something that was referenced like a long time ago, and then you remember it, and you're like, wait a minute. All right, so what, what Paul says uh, will happen actually does happen. They, they do run aground in Malta. And as that happens, the plan, the plan for uh, the, the guards was to kill all the prisoners. So if you're, if you're moving cargo of people mm-hmm. that um, are supposed to face death or trial, you can't let them just 
run amok and mm-hmm. escape. And so their their plan originally was to to kill everybody. The main guard, the centurion, wished to save Paul, and so he didn't let them carry out the plan. Again, just God's protection and covering over Paul, even when man had something else mm-hmm. planned, right? It's really interesting. So on Malta, they are with a kind people and a bad snake. That's how I would title this uh, subsection, if you will. Paul was thought to be a murderer because when he, when they're, when they're building fire, right? Um, snake bites him. Yes. So you, you got what you deserved. You murder, you're going to be murdered by the snake. That's their, that's their thought. Yeah. You cheated death in the ocean, but right now, like she, she going to get you. She going for it. Right. Um, and then nothing happens to him. He doesn't, he doesn't die. He doesn't get sick. And they have this thought, well, you must be a God because you actually didn't get affected at all. And yep. so it's just kind of this, it's this, uh, it's this karma idea, yeah. except Paul plays on a different team. He's not on team karma. He's on team like Jesus, Jesus. sustains. Um, and so he, he has an opportunity to have a voice with the leaders and their, and his family, their family. The crew is able to recover, and after about three months, they set sail again. They finally make it to Rome. He has an audience with local leaders of Jews. Some believed, others didn't. Kate, will you read Acts 28, 25 through 27? Of course. Thanks. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said, through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they will have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. All right, so... That was confusing. Okay, so here's what's happening. Paul is sitting, as he had many times before, sat with Jewish leaders... Um, he is quoting Isaiah. So this is Isaiah six is the big call of Isaiah. Woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Um, after God says, who, who will go hear my send me. So that's Isaiah six. Now the call for Isaiah in Isaiah six is not everything, uh, is going to go well. Everybody's going to listen to you and I'm going to save the world. That's not what God tells him. God mm-hmm. tells him in, and this is the same passage that Paul is using that, that, Paul, uh, sorry, that Isaiah was uh, spoken to in Isaiah 6. The people will hear you, but they're never going to hear you. Hmm. They're going to they're gonna see, but not really see, right? Because their hearts are hard. Now, if they would actually listen, I would absolutely um, heal and restore, but they're not going to do that. So Isaiah, here's, here's what you're going to do. You're going to continue to, to share the, this good news of my rescue, but nobody's going to hear you. Hmm. That that's Paul. That, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep getting confused because do, do you see the, the, the connection here between Isaiah's yeah. call hmm. and what Paul is going, has been through and what he continues to walk in. It's, it's this, it's, it's very mirrored between the two. Does that make sense? You see that? Yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, and so that's what Paul does. He spends the next two years um, in in Rome, living at his own expense, um, and and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Right? Mm-hmm. What happens next? So this is this is the cliffhanger part of Acts twenty eight. 
Acts 28 ends abruptly. We, we don't have kind of a nice, I, I really wish Luke would have wrapped it up a little bit uh, better than, than what I just read. What I just read was the last couple verses of Acts 28. Um, but, but we don't know. We don't have a nice little conclusion. We, we have some thoughts and ideas, but, but did he make it to Spain, which was his ultimate goal? Did he have an audience with Caesar in Rome? How did that go? Did Caesar receive? Did he pass it on down the line? Was, was something established? Was, did, did, did Paul become this great church leader in Rome or somewhere else? Did he just disappear? Was he, was he taken up to heaven? Like what, what happened Next, uh, was he killed in Rome in 64 AD after the great fire in Rome and, and Nero's persecution? Like these are all things that people think may have happened, but we don't know, right? Uh, Clement, uh, who's an early bishop in Rome, writes uh, some of his thoughts, some of the tradition that was passed down. And so he says this, uh, after he had been uh, seven times in chains, so in jail seven times, had been driven into exile, had been stoned, and had preached in the East and in the West, he won the genuine glory for his faith, having taught righteousness to the whole world and having reached the farthest limits of the West. Finally, when he had given his testimony before the rulers, he thus departed from the world and went to the holy place, having become an outstanding example of patient endurance. So, the, to the question of what what happens next, the 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 honest answer is we, we don't know. And and the next piece, the the follow up to that is, does it matter? Because here we are in 2020, still talking about some of the work that was started by Paul. As we we, we talked about, we again we've continued to come back to Acts nine multiple times, right? Who was Paul called to deliver the, the gospel message to? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. Who at this time is the highest in rank or pecking order within the Gentiles? Be Caesar? Or yeah. It, yeah. It, it's the emperor, yeah. right? Of Rome. And so the, the journey is really intriguing to me to go, hey, Paul, God is going to place you in positions where he's going to continue to walk you through. And he didn't tell Paul at the beginning, you're going to end up in front of the, the leader of the world of the known world at that point. But he, he just says, you're, you're going to be a voice to the Gentiles. You're going to suffer much mm-hmm. for, for my name. Right. But then this is, he ends up in Rome. We, now we also know that he wrote letters that, um, and Luke does let us know that he ended up, just being with people, continuing to minister, answering questions with boldness and without hindrance. And so that's all clear. But the the idea that Paul got to walk through this journey as he trusted God each step of the way, mm-hmm. right? And the church grew exponentially. Now, the 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 city of Rome exists today, right? The empire, the Roman Empire, no longer does. Correct? Right. The work that God started far outlasts any earthly empire. Empires have come and gone mm-hmm. over the last 2,000 years, right? 
And yet the kingdom of God continues to be expanded and built up. And for me, that that's a big takeaway from Acts as a whole. Um, I, my, my faith is stretched through this journey through Acts. My, my reliance upon um, not a, an individual to, to lead us out within the, the, the human realm, right? Um, or a, a political system or an empire to solve the issue. It's on King Jesus to continue to do what he's been doing mm-hmm. for a long time. Right. And where is my allegiance to that? that that's been a, a que- that's been a, a question, something I continue to, to walk through. And so my, my question as we near out our time together in Acts is what, what are some of your final thoughts? What are some of your big takeaways on Acts? Something that I have really, really noticed in this read through of Acts, um, a big question that I feel like keeps coming up almost in like every chapter is how much are you willing to suffer for the cause of Christ? Mm. And it's a good challenge for me because, um, Kate and I actually had this conversation recently. And, and for me, the challenge has been like, do I intentionally put myself in places that might feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I know that the Lord could use me yep. Yep. or places that the Lord is calling me. Yeah. And do I let myself feel uncomfortable, yeah. even if it doesn't make sense, even if it, even if it's like challenging all of like the, every bone in my body feels challenged. And I'm like, Oh, like, I, this is just, this is not comfy for me. Right. Like, this is not like, you know, like snuggled in a blanket and it's cold. Like it's like, it's not comfortable, right. but it's where I need to be because it's where God wants me to be. And right. I don't, I don't have that figured out yet. And I think that that, that, that that's the beauty of grace is that like we have the chance to kind of figure it out. We have the, the chance to kind of walk through that. Um, but that's something that's been so inspiring to me about this is that there is so much faith, trust, and just pure obedience on display mm-hmm. in this book. Yeah. And you can look at Stephen. You yeah. can look at Paul. You can look at Peter. Mm-hmm. You can look at all the other apostles or disciples that are mentioned uh, or yeah. that come up. And, and, and like, there's just this, what, what some might call blind obedience. We call faith, right. we call trust. And, right. and sometimes it does look kind of like blind obedience and, and you don't understand it all the time, but you, you do it because that's the God that you serve. Right. And so that, and that's something that I'm walking away from this with is, is a challenge to sacrifice myself every day for the cause of Christ and it doesn't look like me getting beheaded maybe, but maybe it looks like I step out of my comfort zone yeah. in more than just, oh, I'm going to go talk to this person and it makes me uncomfortable. Right. Maybe I cut back on habits. Mm-hmm. Maybe I cut back on, on, on ways that, of, that I've lived my life and instead focus myself towards the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that's really, really important about this book. And I love that I was able, I was able to walk through that and the Holy Spirit was able to reveal that to me. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think everything as just said, um, was a very good takeaway. And I, I definitely relate to that. Um, but I can't get the, the podcast, the, the specific conversation that we had that has really stuck out to me has been the, when we kind of talked about priorities because Paul is able to do what he does because his number one priority is Christ. Right. 
and that journey and the calling that he has on his life and not what other people feel, not what, how he feels, what he likes, what he doesn't like, not, and, and it doesn't ever talk about like, like every time we talk about Paul or we see Paul, he is doing what God asked of him. He is spreading the gospel. He's talking to a leader. He's calling people out for their disbelief or, um, he's calling them to a better, to greater understanding. And where the Holy Spirit's convicting me is more of this place of how often am I not prioritizing Jesus? And instead, instead of arguing, um, like, no, I want to do this, or I want to exert myself in this place, or I want to go beyond my measures to, or like beyond my ability to serve or to, um, be in the presence of people, um, instead I want to, you know, stay home, relax, mm-hmm. sleep, right. um, all of those things. It's like, it's like my flesh. And so this is this challenge of it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. And mm-hmm. that in itself being filled up to pour out there and exhaust myself there should be my desire. Yeah. You know, then getting filled up and potentially getting exhausted because I hung out all night or right. I, you know, went to the movies and hung out with friends and all these things. And it's like that exhaust me. But and so then I'm, you know, then I'm falling into the habits of my priorities are now sleep and, you know, hanging out with friends instead of my priority is, no, I want to be filled up so I can pour mm-hmm. out and spread the gospel. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it does, it kind of it completely restructures what we think life should look like yeah. and what we want our lives to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes me back to the conversation that we had had in person at Horizon last week mm-hmm. about... Um, the normality of Christ in our lives and Mm. how, how integrated is he or is he not in our day to day lives and our day to day conversations? Um, and if he's not, why isn't he? Um, and how can we change that to make him a priority and make him a centerfold for all of the conversations we have, all the, all the things we think about, all of our reasons for doing something. Mm -hmm. Is it glorifying Christ? Right. Or am I taking a break from Christianity for this moment to do this thing that if God was in the room with me, would he approve? Sure. Yeah. That's kind of been my takeaway of Paul's journey. Yeah. That's good. Um, It's been good. And it should, um, these conversations should stir the church to a place of, of, again, we're we're not trying to compare and go, oh, we we stink because we don't look like this. For sure. But it should absolutely shake us a little bit and, and, and stir us to go do, are we carrying the same thing? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the question as, as we kind of wrap up is, is are we carrying the same thing as we, as we look at the early church movement from Jesus's ascension in acts one to where, where Paul lands and, and what he shares here at the very end, right? Proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Are we carrying the same thing? That's a good question. Um, our prayer is that we are, and, and that if we're not, that we would figure out, uh, that we would ask the Lord to begin that transforming work. Like he's given you everything that mm-hmm. you need to carry it. There's not a, a special class you need to take. There's not um, something that somebody has to do for you to, to, to make that happen. Like Jesus has already done it. And that's a message that we've heard throughout the book of Acts. Like Jesus's work is enough. We're not going to add to it. That was the Jerusalem council. Remember 
um, Paul, his message doesn't change. Even regardless of the audience that he's in front of, his message does not change. We don't need to add to it. Jesus's work is sufficient. It's sufficient for the early disciples. It's sufficient for the early church. It's sufficient for Paul. It's sufficient for you and I. It Mm -hmm. is enough. Are you willing to carry it? I hope you are. Horizon, we've loved being on this journey. We're going to take a break for just a little bit during the Christmas season, but we will be in touch as to what the spring looks like. And we're so, so thankful for you. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Have a great day. Bye. Hey. You're not done recording, are you? (laughs) New intro.